بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته سورة الأنفال literally translates as spoils of war and this surah is largely a commentary on the battle of Badr the first decisive battle in Islamic history so it's worth stopping and reflecting at this point how is it that the Prophet ﷺ while living in uh, Mecca for 13 years, patiently endured the persecution and torture without physically responding. But in the Madani phase, after the Hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ, you'll find one after another, battle after battle. What was the reason behind this change in strategy, change in approach, from a situation where you're not physically responding in any way, but patiently bearing the torture and persecution, to another situation, where you're responding with armies and battles. Well, the first, of course, reason is revelation. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ were not given permission to fight in Mecca, but they were given permission to fight and defend themselves in the Madari phase. But we need to delve deeper. When the Prophet ﷺ was living in Mecca, he was a citizen of that country. And as a citizen of that country, he has a responsibility to those around him. He cannot betray their trust with regards to their lives. So even though they are persecuting him, even though they are torturing him, he cannot now endanger their lives. That would lead to civil war. That would lead to instability in that society. And that would prevent people from thinking and reflecting and accepting the message of Islam. Because in a situation of civil war, nobody's interested in new ideas. Nobody's interested in dawah. Nobody's interested in the hereafter. All they're interested is their immediate safety and protection. So the Prophet ﷺ patiently bore their torture and did not physically respond. He did not carry out any form of assassinations. He did not have clandestine missions. Why? He is patiently calling to Islam. But when in the Madani phase, the Prophet ﷺ is now an independent political identity. He has his own state in Medina, which has its own armies, which can now engage in peace treaties or warfare with other political identities. The Battle of Badr is the first decisive battle in Islamic history, where a band of 313 ill-equipped men defeated the might of over a thousand heavily armed Quraysh. The Prophet ﷺ, the night before the Battle of Badr, was raising his hands to the sky, continuously making dua all night. Allahumma anjiz li ma wa'attani, Allahumma aati ma wa'attani, Allahumma in tuhlik hadhihi al-asaba min ahli al-islam la tu'abad fil ard. Allahumma in tuhlik hadhihi al-asaba min ahli al-islam la tu'abad fil ard. O oh Allah, fulfill what you have promised me. O oh Allah, grant me what you have promised me. O oh Allah, if this small group of believers are annihilate, annihilated, you will not be worshipped on the earth today. O oh Allah, if this small group of believers are annihilated, you will not be worshipped on the earth today. The Prophet ﷺ raised his hands right up to the skies and was saying this all throughout the night until his cloak fell off. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, came and lifted the cloak, put it back on his shoulders and asked him to have mercy upon himself. The response comes in verse 9 of Surah Al-Anfal. Remember when you asked help of your Lord 
And he answered you, Indeed, I will reinforce you with a thousand from the angels following one another. This is the only battle in Islamic history where the angels have actually fought side by side with the believers. In other battles, they have struck terror into the hearts of the enemies. They have supported the believers. But in this battle, they actually physically fought. It's narrated that Jibreel came down with a yellow turban and was riding a splendid horse. And alongside him were a thousand angels fully armed on horses. There were many glimpses of angels during this battle. The uncle of the Prophet al-Abbas was captured and he was brought to the Prophet by a small a man from the Ansar. And his uncle was embarrassed because this man was very small and al-Abbas is a huge and powerful man. And Abbas uh, objected that this is not the man who captured me. The man who captured me was a handsome, bald-headed man. And the Prophet confirmed that it was in fact one of the angels. So why a thousand angels? Isn't it enough that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports the believers with one angel? Didn't Jibreel alayhi salam destroy previous nations when they rejected the prophets just with the tip of his wing? The answer for this comes in the next verse, verse 10. وَمَا جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بُشْرَى وَلِتَطْمَئِنَّ بِهِ قُلُوبُكُمْ وَمَنْ نَصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ and Allah made it not but good tidings, and so the hearts would be assured thereby. And victory is not but from Allah. Indeed, Allah is exalted in might and wise. And victory is not but from Allah, is only from Allah. Indeed, Allah is exalted in might and all wise. The thousand angels were glad tidings for the believers to reassure their hearts, to give them confidence. One angel would have been enough. Now, the central theme of this surah can be found in the verse we have just recited. That help and victory comes from Allah alone and that the believers must place their trust in him and take the means needed. In the verse we just recited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasized, وَمَنْ نَصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ and victory, and victory is only from Allah. In verse uh, 17, فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ قَتَلَهُمْ وَمَا رَمَيْتَ إِذْ رَمَيْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ رَمَى And you did not kill them, but it was Allah who did so. And you threw not when you threw, but it was Allah who threw. At the beginning of the battle, the Prophet ﷺ took a handful of dust and hurled it towards the, uh, towards the Quraysh, the Quraysh who were on the other side of the valley. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned that handful of dust into a blistering sandstorm which blinded the enemies of the Prophet. Throughout this surah, we find this constant theme that it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who was supporting the believers. It was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who granted them victory. What's interesting is how this surah begins. It actually opens with a question from the companions in the aftermath of the victory of the Battle of Badr, where they were questioning or asking for guidelines on how to distribute the war booty. يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْأَنْفَالِ قُلِ الْأَنْفَالُ لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَصْلِهُ ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ وَأَطِيءُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ They ask you about the bounties or the spoils of war. Say, the bounties is for Allah and the Messenger. So fear Allah 
and amend that which is between you and obey Allah and his messenger if you should be believers. The verse after continues. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ The rough translation of this verse is The believers are only those who, when Allah is mentioned, their hearts become fearful, and when His verses are recited to them, it increases them in faith, and upon their Lord they rely. SubhanAllah, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ asked how to divide the war booty. And you can see from these verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not answer that question. The answer to that question actually comes much later in the surah in verse 41. Instead, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala drew the attention of the companions to the qualities which were the reason for victory in the first place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want the companions to obsess with the material gains of battle. That's of secondary importance. That will be explained later. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the companions to focus on the qualities which led them to their victory in the first place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes them to focus on taqwa. The very first thing mentioned is taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second thing mentioned is unity and the absence of discord and disagreement. The third thing mentioned is obedience to Allah and his messenger. And the last thing mentioned is Iman and of course, most importantly, Tawakkul upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ala rabbihim yatawakkalun. These are the things which led to victory at the Battle of Badr and the companions must not focus their attention on the spoils of war and thereby neglect the qualities which gave them victory in the first place. The surah emphasizes also that Tawakkul alone is not enough. That along with tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you must take the means, you must try your best, and you must not be complacent. In verse 60, and prepare against them whatever you are able. Note the important bit here, whatever you are able of power and of steeds of war by which you may terrify the enemies of Allah and your enemy and others besides them whom you do not know but Allah knows. And whatever you spend in the cause of Allah will be fully repaid to you and you will not be wronged. The surah emphasizes here the importance when you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doing whatever is within your ability to avoid becoming complacent and neglectful. The surah also expounds on some of the rules of military engagement uh, relating to fighting, prisoners of war, war booty, ceasefire, peace agreements. And then the final two verses again conclude with reiterating the quality of the believers needed as the surah started with to qualify for the help and support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. هذا وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.